Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Little, co-host of What If Podcast. Uh, if you guys have enjoyed any of my thoughts on the different topics we've uh, covered, you might enjoy checking out my original Kickstarter comic, The Crude Knight. This is, brace for it, another retelling of the King Arthur mythos. However, I absolutely promise this is a completely bizarre one grounded in the Texas oil scene starting in the gush rage and leading to a predator-esque battle against oil-filled zombies that think they're the Knights of the Round Table. Uh, it's a pretty fresh take, and issue three is on, live on Kickstarter now. You can find me on Twitter at, at Mr. Ryan Comics, or just Google the Crude Night 3 Kickstarter to check out some art, the first six pages, and find out more. Where do you go for comics new and old? Where do you see your favorite television and movie stars? And where do you go to see the best in cosplay? Wizard World Comic Con. Wizard World Comic Con offers live entertainment and gaming, comics new and old, cosplay, toys and memorabilia, and a chance to meet your favorite television and movie stars. For news, celebrity updates, and tickets to future shows, go to wizardworld.com. Don't feel like paying full price? No problem. Use promo code CANDARE at checkout to get 10% off your tickets. So, where are you going to go for your pop culture fix? Wizard World Comic Con. Go to wizardworld.com for tickets. Yo, yo, this is the voice of Frylock, Carrie Means, coming at you, and you're listening to Canned Air, bitches. Welcome to another episode of Candair, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I'm Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And joining us today from Midnight27Studios.com, we welcome Adam Fields to the show. Adam, thank you so much for being here today. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> it's Jack's on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry to the listeners at home and, and to Adam, who doesn't know what just happened here. But uh, Jack is also joining us via Skype this evening because he's been... Uh, ill, and he just decided he was going to plaster his face <laughs> on the screen right next to us and scare the shit out of us. I so, saw that. Oh, he said, I say he should be able to see me on here. No, I saw that. <laughs> so he's probably like extra. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Who's this guy popping in? <laughs> oh man, I've been hacked. <laughs> <laughs> In our retro roundtable today, we're going to be talking about modified human beings from across pop culture. That's that's an interesting list to go through. You'd think it'd be easy, but it's really not. Yeah, I tried to stay away from the obvious ones, so we'll see what you guys had. Oh, probably the obvious ones, Randy. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> and then we're going to turn our attention over to Adam and talk uh, everything he has going on at Midnight27Studios.com. But before we do that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CannedAirPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you uh, like what we're doing, want to show your support, head over to patreon.com forward slash CannedAirPod. And uh, if you throw $5 a month our way, you get access to the monthly Patreon show we're doing. And all this stuff, you know, if you forget all these uh, URLs I'm giving you, just go to our website, CannedAirPodcast.com. There's links to all this stuff there. So much easier, including so much less work. Merchandise. Merchandise. Right, right, exactly. Jack looking at his muscles in the camera there. I saw that. I, I saw that. Shed my arm. Uh huh. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the gun show, huh? <laughs> you want none of this? <laughs> 
And uh, one thing before we get into the retro roundtable, if you're going to a Wizard World Con here in the near future, don't forget to use the promo code CANDARE at checkout. Get yourself a cool 10% off your ticket prices. Randy, do you have something to add? I was going to say we have a shout-out from Patreon, don't we? That good call. Yes, sir, we do. <laughs> Our new patron, Mr. Chris Minnick Weber, thank you so much for becoming a patron. This guy has been supporting the show for some time. He's come seen us live. He's been uh, religiously listening to the episodes. Awesome. Uh, giving feedback uh, whenever I see him. He's a really good guy, though, and uh, yeah, I want to thank him for showing his support. And if this is any uh, any bait on a hook for anyone who's thinking about becoming a patron, he's uh, totally got control of this month's Patreon episode. Uh, from becoming a patron, where we're going to be talking all things Spider-Man by his request. So that's the kind of power yeah, you get, people. It's, yeah, it's going to be fun. Come on, five dollars a month for power. <laughs> you can't, you can't find a better deal, right? Right, and it comes with great responsibility, Jeremy. Right, it does. <laughs> Let's kick it off with this week's retro roundtable. Engage. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, modified beings. uh, We'll start with Jack, actually. I'm anxious to hear what he has. Well, when he said, Randy said humans, I got kind of upset because mine is modified, but I guess not so much a human. Well, this is why I love Jack's picks. (laughs) Please go on. Rocket Raccoon. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) There goes the railroad again (laughs) I I smell a 400 clip Yeah (laughs) But who doesn't love that little rascal raccoon I definitely love him I mean but uh, yeah I would have to say Definitely doesn't qualify for the the, uh, Topic at hand but a good character Nonetheless That was Misty's pick pick, so (laughs) I mean he's humanoid (laughs) Yeah Yeah Trying to have your back, man. Yeah, you're being too nice. You're being too nice. Okay. <laughs> Moving on, Adam. What do you got? Oh, oh, just diving right in with me, huh? Oh, well, we just had Jack's uh, marvelous uh, rocket answer there, so I'm, I'm, you don't have much to uh, beat there. <laughs> right. So, what what qualifies a modified human? Are you talking tech? Are you talking about, um, you know? Uh, chemical enhancements i would say any of that kind of stuff as any far other? as tech though i would say the tech would have to be actually like bound you know if bound it's something that can so, you can take off it's just an accessory if you're bound to it it's a tragedy not like so, ash from the evil uh, dead yeah yeah <laughs> that's a good one that so is a good I'm, one i'm leaning towards you know wolverine oh you absolutely know, okay. nice yes that's, absolutely you know I, I grew up actually, and you'll learn a little bit more about this later. But um, I grew up on watching like all the old cartoons, and Wolverine was one that I uh, leaned toward, towards the most. I really liked his his viciousness and mm-hmm. his savagery. So, and uh, really, really got to like him a lot. Um, are, are you referring to? I'm assuming the early '90s animated series, the early '90s cartoon. When only when you were able to only watch cartoons on Saturday morning. That yeah, 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 yeah. Because that was like the only nerd culture that I had growing up. Um, so Saturday mornings, the Fox Box, that was my, oh, that was my yes. good yeah. times. So, 
Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Wolverine. Wasn't one of like the uh, Wolverine commercial stingers like, you're watching Fox, Bob, or something like yeah. that? <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I got to ask you. I, I try to ask everybody if I remember who uh, loved that series growing up. Um, can you still watch it today? I can, and I have. Really? Uh, yeah. See, that's when I, I tried. Now, mind you, I started with, like, season one. So yeah. th- that animation was, like, two frames per second. It was, like, rough. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it not so literally. But so, it's... you know, having a, a six-year-old who is a 90s kid at heart, I mean, he loves all the old stuff. He could care less about the newer cartoons. He actually does not like the newer Ninja Turtles. Um, he doesn't like the way they look. He doesn't like the way they talk or act. So he likes the 90s stuff. So it, being able to rewatch it with him, that was that's actually kind of a, a throwback yeah. to me, that little nostalgia. Raising him right, huh? I'm trying. <laughs> you see, and that's, a, that's awesome because that's coming from a whole other place. So, you know, I imagine that uh, someday when slash if I have children, um, that's one thing I look forward to more than anything is showing them like Star Wars yeah. and shit like that. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I can totally relate to that. Yeah, I might not sit in the, you know, binge like an original season of the Turtles cartoon. <laughs> but if I had like my son or daughter that was with me, like into it, game fucking yep. on, like bring it on. It would be so fun. So I get it. I get it. And let's let's be real. It's fun to make fun of the old stuff that we just didn't catch as kids. Yeah. You know, like yeah. watching the Power Rangers. They're, they got the zippers in the back of the putties. You, you never noticed that. But now you're like. Wow, I was kind of stupid back then, but you know we loved it. We we didn't care about the details; we cared about the story. Yeah, those were just... actually suits. <laughs> <laughs> They're not. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to ruin it for you. <laughs> as you know, thinking back as a child, you know, as much as I was into turtles and stuff, I would have been beside myself if my mom or my dad showed genuine interest in what I liked on television and watched it with me. I would have been beside myself. Yeah. Like, that would have been incredible. So, like, I don't know. I think it's a good thing to do if you have a child. What an awesome thing to do. Yeah, it's a good bonding experience. I do that with my kids. Absolutely is. Yeah. (laughs) So, modified humans, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Circling back. Oh, Randy. Uh, Inspector Gadget. Oh, you son of a bitch. That was second on my list and one of my faves. Sorry. (laughs) How how about I'll I'll go down the rabbit trail and actually say I somewhat enjoyed the live action movie just because I like Matthew Matthew Broderick. Broderick. What about the uh, Netflix cartoon they did? Did you, were you into that? I have not seen that yet, to be honest. How long has that been out, Jack? It's what, about three, four years now? Something, yeah, about four years. I think we were still at our other job when it came out, but it's like CG animation kind of. It's the same, I think, basic, kind of like they did with DuckTales, same intro, just done differently. Okay. Not good. Not well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which is a shame because, Jack, what do I always say about the Inspector Gadget theme song? It was good. Well, it was I mean, catchy. You, 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 didn't, you didn't really dress it up like I hoped you had. <laughs> no, I it's the best fucking theme song yeah. that ever existed. I just feel like. Any, I, anywhere you hear it, you know exactly what it is. It's so recognizable. So I get so fucking pumped when I hear it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it is awesome. Did you guys hear? I I had heard a rumor that they actually showed the bad guy's face in like a claw. Yeah, at the end of an episode or like some 
Uh, that does and sound I've waited familiar. for that. I think it was supposed to be the final episode, but I don't think I ever saw it, so I don't. I never saw what he looked like. I had heard that, and that just kind of blew my mind because as a kid, I was always waiting for that reveal. <laughs> His head's just a big hand. <laughs> <laughs> the most frustrating part of our childhood. Yeah, yeah. They cut off heads. I'll get you, gadget. <laughs> All right. Whoa. <laughs> uh, how about uh, I'm going to start taking from the Spider-Man universe here two of my faves. One, Doctor Octopus. Oh yeah, nice. He is one of my favorite characters. And um, Jack, you might remember uh, not too long ago on the show, a comic I had read and brought was, uh, you know how there's always a year one for uh, yeah. like superheroes, like Batman Year One. There might even be a Superman Year One. I think there was even a Spider-Man. But anyway, Doc Ock had a year one series. Oh, awesome. And um, this was something I found in the, the like the dump bin at uh, the comic book store in the basement. I do remember. It kind of goes into his like home life, right? Oh, it was so cool. It reminded yeah. me of Willard, if you're all familiar with uh, that story. Oh, no way. Okay. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, it's him as a scientist. He's, you know, discovering these breakthroughs. He's making these arms to aid himself in his research. And uh, like Jack said, you get a glimpse of his home life, and he lives with his elderly mother, who pretty much convinces him that she's the only thing in the world he needs. Mm. Shut out the world. Mama's all you need, you know. So, uh, you know, after work, he rushes straight home to, you know, be with her and abide by her and what yada, yada, yada. Well, she, he uh, starts seeing this girl at work, this blonde, that's taken an interest in him. And uh, he comes home smitten, starts painting pictures of her, and Mom's like, like Oswald, or, or Otto, what are you doing? I almost called him Oswald. <laughs> <laughs> Otto, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm in love, Mother. And she's like, no, she's just trying to take you from me. She's trying to break your heart. You can't do this. And so she breaks him, makes it so he goes back to work and says quite rudely to her, I can't... Uh, you know, talk to you anymore. You need to transfer. I've already arranged for your transfer out of here. You leave tomorrow. And she was heartbroken, but that was it. She was gone. Well, that night he comes home and uh, comes in looking for his mom, but she's not there. And while he's at the top of the stairs, he sees her silhouette come up on the front porch through the door with a man saying, Oh boy. Thank you so much for a wonderful night. I don't remember his name, but, uh, you know, kisses him. She comes in and he's, <laughs> He's so pissed, he kills her. And uh, the next day, he goes to work. He gets reckless, and his recklessness with his experiments is what caused the explosion that fuses the arms to him, and that was the end of the book. But uh, that was so good, so good. I would love to uh, get the rest of those. Sorry to ramble. <laughs> Jack, you're up. <laughs> the fuck are you doing with your camera? I didn't do nothing to it. Okay. That high-tech stuff going here. I can see that. Uh... <laughs> I got uh, the clones. I almost went with Boba Fett, but then I remembered that he was not actually modified. But then the clones from Star Wars were. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about them. There's a whole bunch of there in my pick, so. <laughs> a lot of them. Yeah, but they all just count as one. Let's remember that. Oh, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> but no, they, uh, not, you know, they, were, they had the accelerated growth rate, right? Yep. Which is what... That always confused me about the clone troopers because they could. I can't remember how quickly they went from uh, childhood to adulthood, but again, it was exponentially fast. So I would think that would make their lifespan extremely short, right? Yet when you see it, it shows, did. 
but when you see shows like Rebels, you see like these clones like Rex and shit who have been like yeah, surviving right. for years and like what? You guys should have been dead years ago. <laughs> Maybe it's because they pulled the chip out of their head. That might be why. I don't know. Mm. I, I don't know. I'm just yeah. You might just be a little uh, generous to Star Wars, there, Jack. I yeah, appreciate yeah. what you're doing. It's no, <laughs> not necessary. All right, Adam. We're back to you, sir. Oh, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Mr. Freeze. Nice, Ooh, good one. Yeah, okay. that is a good That's pick. A, you know, his, his tragic story makes him necessarily not evil. He's doing it for love, you know, and. I don't know that that frost power is just amazing. It really uh, is. Yeah, you know, and and also polar bears. I mean, that's cool. But in the uh, Arkham games, his fight was one of the most intense battles that I've actually ever had to do. Um, yes, it was. Is that the yeah. one where you have to like you first have to like pick off all his goons in a uh, uh, like a closed room there, like his lab? I know you yeah. had to constantly keep running. It was a pain you had to in constantly the butt. keep running. Yes, I do he, recall that. You were able to attack him one time a certain way that he would adapt to the situation, which constantly kept you on your toes. But, you know, ever since a kid, again, going back to the cartoons, his story was always the one that that got me. And I could never consider him a bad guy. He was just doing bad things, but he wasn't necessarily a bad guy. Um, Mm -hmm. It was tragic. And, you know, I kind of felt bad for him. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be my next pick. Chill out. (laughs) <laughs> not that one <laughs> ice to meet you <laughs> yes yeah, I, I ice over that one <laughs> oh. yeah i'm gonna have to put some frost sound effects or something there in go. there <laughs> there you go <laughs> randy back to you uh this might fall under the uh, veto that jack had with uh rocket raccoon but i had uh, the centurions the power extreme centurions the cartoon show Ah, that one's a tough one because I think I don't know if it was just their suit or if they were actually kind of augmented some way. Yeah, I can't remember if they took like the I knew the the parts they were able to call down, but I can't remember if they actually took the suit off or if it stayed on them. No, through the series, they always had the suit on them. Okay, okay. But yeah, well, I don't I don't know if that was just part of the, that their body was modified so the, the 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 tech would like attach to it or how that worked exactly. They never. Of course, being a cartoon, they never got into the deep, deep details. Of course, yeah. How that. stuff works, but <laughs> I would have to say that would work. Those guys were sweet. Yeah, yeah, and I was actually doing a little research just reminding myself, and I, I didn't know that Jack Kirby and Gil Kane actually uh, consulted on that. Really? Yeah. Oh, really? Oh. So. That Kirby always popping in places you wouldn't expect. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I had, just centurions. <laughs> centurions, cool. <laughs> Okay, uh, how about I'm going to pull from the Spider-Man well once more, Scorpion. Okay. You guys remember the Scorpion. Now, he uh, he put on a suit, but then through some of the radiation that was uh, uh, put on him or shown through him or however it's done, it, like, fused to him. And he actually, like, took on the abilities of the Scorpion. So he, he was, like, biologically enhanced and then ha- also tech-enhanced to make uh, himself as ridiculous as he was but i hate what they've done with that character like in yeah. uh, uh the spider-man i don't was it ultimate verse yeah like he's got like four legs and uh oh. like a spider does and shit like they just go way out of hand with they, it. they, they actually make him, him like huh? a bug instead of just being a guy in a suit with a tail 
Yeah, they kind of did Scorpion Kinging. That's a good way <laughs> yeah. to put it. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Um, and it looks horrible. And I don't know why they take such liberties like that. You know, um, you mentioned the Batman Arkham games. Now, there's Ooh. a series that's beyond guilty of going freaking too far mm-hmm. with their uh, designs. Now, yeah. there was one game that hit the nail on the head, and it was the uh, one that took place on Christmas Eve. I don't remember what it was called. Origin? Yeah, it was like a prequel. Yeah, Yeah, now that one, uh, everyone looked normal. Bane looked normal. Everyone looked reasonable for the most part. But uh, in these other ones, like the Scarecrow, like all his fingers are like syringes with long needles. Like, that's not practical at all. You know? (laughs) How do you scratch your nose? You know what I mean? Exactly. And Bane is like so big, it's like biceps are like folding over his head. It's it's ridiculous. Like, wasn't Kid big messed up in that game too? Everybody kind of yeah. was. Two Face looked good. Catwoman looked good. Ivy looked really oh, wow. good. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that was another game that was guilty of that. And uh, Scorpion was my pick. Sweet. Isn't that like almost the mo of a lot of Spider-Man villains? Like, look at Rhino. He's almost the same way. He put on a suit and then it stayed on him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what uh, his situation was actually. I need to. I should probably research that. But yeah, I just hate how ridiculous again they've gotten with all those Spider-Man, like the the Green Goblin. You know, he's now just like an actually like half dragon, half man. Like, yeah, that one's the, by far the worst one I think because he's humongous too. He's not even a goblin. He's like a Godzilla. Don't you yeah. just think that makes him so much less interesting of a character? I mean, there's no yeah. layers to that character anymore. He's just a big gnarly bad guy monster. He's not. There's nothing to him really. I'm sure, yeah. he's smart, but I don't know. Like I think when the goblin's at his worst, like, and when I look at him, I'm like, wow, that's Norman Osborn in there doing all this evil shit, you know? <laughs> right, right. And um, I don't know. I guess that's just where my mind goes. Yeah, the new ones. He's just that big monster. He's not the scientist that was actually nuts. I guess I've been out of. Makes for good action, I guess. You haven't missed much, Randy. Okay, fair enough. I've been at it yeah. for a minute with Spider-Man, so... Yeah, you have not missed much. <laughs> I still I still watch the uh, old uh, ni- early 90s anime oh, yeah. show. Yeah, that's what I grew up on. Love it. I watch it all the time. Yep. I love that show. I was with Adam that and uh, uh, X-Men. Mm-hmm. And Batman. Uh-huh. Yep. yep. The trinity of after-school <laughs> cartoons. The Triforce. <laughs> exactly. All right, Jack, we're back to you. I got uh, seven and nine from Star Trek uh, Voyager. Nice. She was actually a Borg where she was a human. Of course, the Borg took her family and stuff and turned her into a Borg. But then the Starfleet ended up bringing her back and turned her back into a human. So I'm not sure who she is, but I'm very aware of the Borg. Very easy on the eyes. Very easy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right. Her learning to do get back to the human ways during the series and stuff. She was a pretty cool character. Did Picard have a uh, um, like a arc like that where he had to transition back into like his old self after that whole he thing? Did. That's I was gonna say. Also, Picard is basically because he got captured by the Borg and then they brought him back, so he always had some little bit of a connection to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they played that up in one of the movies, didn't they? Yes. Okay. Was yeah, that was first contact. No, it was... Generations, maybe? I think it was... That's what it was. Is that it? I think so. All right, very good, very good. Uh, Adam, you said you had one more. I do. Going back to uh, video games, one of my all-time favorites is Metal Gear Solid, so I'm going with Cyborg Ninja. 
Nice. Hey, Good yeah. pick. I need to play He's probably one of the coolest characters in that franchise. Absolutely. <laughs> Wasn't that I mean, the... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, you know, he starts off with the sword. You see him cut off Revolver Ocelot's hand. Then the dude comes back later with a gun. I mean, it was like Mega Man on steroids. And then he was able to hold the foot up of the giant Metal Gear Rex. The dude is just, hands down, one of the fattest characters I've ever seen. What was his name? Raiden? Because it was Raiden. Kind of weird. That was Raiden, Metal Gear Solid 2. Ah, okay. Was, yeah. That was the one yeah. nobody wanted to play as, Gray right? Fox, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken, he was Gray Fox. I okay. haven't played in a That's while. Right. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. They all had animal names, you know. Mm-hmm. I think they were sponsored by PETA. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Are the the newer WWE. Metal Gear uh, games worth playing? Or is it just you know, like the I've, older ones are good? I I've, I stopped playing after uh, Snake Eater. So um, I haven't uh, been in the game world for a while. I actually talked to someone earlier about that. I said, I, I'm so out of the loop on games. I don't know what they are. Now I know these kids are dancing everywhere and I don't understand it. So, <laughs> yeah, I've kind of found, find uh, that happening to myself. I noticed the dancing. other day I've, I keep paying into Xbox every month and I can't remember the last time I turned it on. <laughs> I can't Same here. I remember I like, play it anymore. And I thought I need to cancel it. Like, why am I holding on? Like, if I want to play it, I'll just throw the credit card number in again. But I don't know. I guess it's one of those things again, like cutting the phone line or cutting the cable. You know, right? It's, exactly. Uh, anyway, we're getting old. We're getting fucking old. Ain't <laughs> that's true? These old kids today. <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> Randy. So uh, on the video game theme, I'm going to, th- and he, uh, Adam already said it, but I'm going to throw out Mega Man, um, mm. specifically the Mega Man X series. I just always latched onto that one more so than the original. Um, the first Mega Man X. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. I remember when that came out. Me yeah. And my friends uh, went to the, uh, went to Walmart after school. His parents took us to pick it up and played it all night. I literally played the crap out of it, and then um, my parents got this newfangled thing called the internet back in the day, mm-hmm. and uh, found out there was a way to get the uh, Hadouken uh, move, They're like a secret uh, power-up on one of the stages, and that just blew my mind. Really? I had a friend that would uh, always... <laughs> He was such an asshole. <laughs> when we were when we were young with games like that, and games like the Turtles games and stuff, he... He'd come to school and say that he figured out a way. Like, the one I remember more than any was, like, in the Ninja Turtle arcade game. <clears throat> There's a level, I think, where you're on surfboards and the, okay. the uh, foot come in on these, like, hovercopters and shoot at yeah. you and shit. And there's a there's a part where you uh, as you're surfing like waves of foot jump out of the water and like somersault in the air and then come back down, and he's like, yeah, if you uh, jump and kick them all in a certain order, your turtle will turn completely silver and like chrome, and you, you know <laughs> nothing can hurt you for the rest of the level. And I was like, no fucking way, I don't believe this. And um. I would sit there for hours. Me and a few other friends would sit there for hours trying to make this happen, and it wasn't. And we're like, it was a harsh realization. Like, this dude's full of shit. Yeah. You know? Anyway, sorry to go on a tangent, Randy. That's <laughs> all good. Oh. <laughs> Are we back to me? Robocop. Nice. How's that oh, for a modified yeah. human being? Oh. 
Exactly. Just gasps. Yeah. Just gasp. That's, that's <laughs> that was one of the ones I was trying to avoid because I knew somebody was probably going to say it. Oh, that's one of your low hanging fruit <laughs> picks, is it? Well, there it is. What did you think of the new movie? I have never. Uh, you haven't seen the reboot? No, I don't think I've watched any of those movies all the way through. Jack, Adam, what did you guys think of it? I haven't seen it yet either. I keep meaning to, but I always forget about it. Same. I think it was that good that it was easily forgotten. Just like Total Recall. It's like uh, RoboCop, I feel, is like short circuit. It should have just been kind of left in its time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, the, the, what I had seen of the new RoboCop, because he's like black now right. with like the Knight Rider kit thing across his face. So he yeah. looked cool. He didn't look bad, but uh, why? What's the point? I mean, it's kind of a lackluster story to, you know, pull all the way back from the 80s to now. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> No, it was weird know. that they had a cartoon for RoboCop. Did yeah. that really? I don't recall yeah. that. Yeah, this should have never been a cartoon. I mean, yeah, he's neat and cool and stuff. I get. I mean, my parents wouldn't let me watch the movie because of what happened. The guy's hand gets blown off, and then some guy gets melted by toxic waste. <laughs> oh yeah. But then they went that. ahead and made a cartoon for it. Isn't there horrible. a guy who's just like shot until he's nothing but like chicken nuggets? Like he's just like shot, shot the fuck to death. Like not literally chicken nuggets, Randy. Right. Okay. <laughs> you were looking at me. I'm like, get hungry. What, there's, really? there's chicken nuggets. Where? <laughs> well, no, you were just looking at me like really. <laughs> yeah, the but, cop that ends up being RoboCop. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets okay. Destroyed. Like uh, what was it? Uh, firing squad style. Yeah. Yes. What uh, kind of life is it? I mean to be RoboCop. He doesn't he didn't look like he was capable of much of anything other than taking orders, right? Yeah, upholding the law, that was it. That was like his one rule. But he's still like partly made of flesh and shit. Like he still have to like eat and stuff, right? Or does the suit take care of that? They had some kind of like protein paste that he ate. It was like baby food pretty much Gross. just for it's his been certain so long since human body parts. Yeah. I've seen that movie so many times. <laughs> so it's just a walking hospital bed is all it is, really. I mean, just exactly yep. shitty food, collecting your shit. Yep. Turning it back into Carrying paste. Carrying a badass gun in his thigh. <laughs> <laughs> that suit was unnecessarily bulky. And driving a Ford tampon. Tem- tempo. Tempo, I think it was. <laughs> Ford tampon. <laughs> uh, well. Ford tempo. Uh, I mean, tomato, tomato, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, we've got our clip at the end of the episode. <laughs> we might have one. Oh, my God. Do you guys remember a speaking of uh, cop shows from the 80s? I had figures, I vaguely remember the show, but I had figures growing up from a show called Cops, and it was yep. a cartoon. You do recall it. Yeah, I remember the uh, the action figures. Yeah, the guy I had was, he was really tall, and he was like blue, and like half of him was like padded, or like, I don't know Something what. like that. He was he was a big bulk dude. He had like a Tom Selleck mustache. Okay, and shit. yep, yep. And he came with a uh, robot dog. Yeah. That had a uh, siren on his back. Yeah. I had the bad guy that was like super. He almost looked like the kingpin, and then I think his hand was like I don't remember. metal or something. Yeah, I, I remember. I vaguely remember about. him. Were kids so into law enforcement that they're like, we need to make a show about cops? I, I think it was just yeah. the '80s, and hey, let's make a cartoon out of whatever we can make. <laughs> and the hit TV show had just come out not too long after or before, I think. Oh, there it is. You're right. That's that has to be what it was, right? Yeah. I didn't even think about that. What, the cartoon show? 
the cartoon show probably came after the introduction of like bad boys, bad boys, you know, so uh, ushering a (laughs) wow, an era of television onto the world. I think it was like more futuristic, though, wasn't it? I I was. But I mean, again, we're appealing to children here. Well, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, it worked on me. I I had the action figures and it worked on you, too, apparently. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Here we are. All right, uh, where should we go? We're at 34 minutes with the intro we did, probably around 30. Any more Any more uh, modified beings before we move on? I've got one more. Bring it on, Randy. Uh, Spooner from iRobot, the uh, Will Smith's character. Uh, oh, yeah. The good robot? robot? The... No, no, Will Smith's character. Oh! Hashtag spoilers, sorry. <laughs> I forgot about that. No, he was... Damn it, I've never seen it. You've had your time. <laughs> I know, I know. Go watch that and the the vampire one he does. Uh, what's that one yeah. called? I Am Legend. I Am Legend. Oh, okay. Yeah. Both really good. I was like, wait, did Will Smith do Blade movie that I didn't know about? <laughs> He'd be good. I think. You think? He's in the new one. He might be all right. I uh, I saw Aladdin, by the way, and I I, th- I enjoyed him as Genie. Oh, okay. I did. I did really? enjoy him. I did. Uh, I mean, you, you know, th- to compare him and Robin Williams, I think, is like comparing apples and oranges. They brought two completely different things to it while mimicking the same thing. You know what I mean? Right. So um, they both were great. You know, Robin Williams and... Put their Rosemary. own unique spin yeah, on it. I, I really dug what they did. The movie, though, overall, did not feel confident in itself. The, the songs were just kind of like, eh, eh. they weren't over the top like they used to be. They were less excited than they used okay. to be, you know? So the whole movie just had it like it really seemed like it was unsure of itself the whole time. But. Are we going to get away with not having Robin Williams as a genie? <laughs> <laughs> it was still good, though. Really good. But right. if, you're, if you're looking for one movie to go see this weekend, make it Toy Story 4. Holy shit, it was so Oh, I heard that, yeah. I heard that, too. So good. Did you cry in the end of it? Um, No. No, I was getting... I wanted to. I mean, I didn't want to, but I was prepared to. Oh, sorry. I did at the end of three. I went there wanting to cry. (laughs) I sat there, like, pinching my fucking nuts, trying to make myself cry, and it just wasn't working. (laughs) But, um, no, I I, I had been told, get ready to cry at the end. And so maybe just that setup in itself was like... We'll see. It better be good, you know. But uh, again, at the end of Toy Story three, I I did have a few tears on my face. But no, this one it made me misty for sure. But um, yeah, no, not crying. Okay, all right. Still, still though. I mean, if you're the right kind of person, if you be, had to rank tears, all four. Ooh, wow! From best to worst, I don't. I can't say it would make the best. Okay. And I, I'm not confident enough to make that list on a whim. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> we'll revisit my <laughs> Sorry list Sorry for the next ambush week. question there, man. <laughs> no, I've actually thought about that because I've got such an attachment to those films. I love them uh, that it, it's really hard to rank them. They're just so good as a cl- – they're all telling one story. You right. know what I mean? It's not like these characters in a, like three or four different events, three stories. It all plays into one overall grand scheme. And this last one brings it all home really well okay so awesome. if you're into it check it out set up for a fifth um i don't think so i, I mean they, they're toys i mean they stay in the test they of time always, they don't yeah. age they can they can come out of retirement whenever we want them to but um uh i don't want to spoil anything so they could but Ooh. probably not fair enough 
But anyway, let's move right along. Let's start talking to Adam about everything he has going on at Midnight27Studios.com. Adam, I want to thank you again for being here. And uh, I don't know a whole lot about you. You know, I just I saw your website yesterday. I saw kind of what you're uh, doing on there. But could you give us and uh, the listeners just a brief, brief overview about uh, who you are and what you're doing? All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for, for having me on. Um, this, I, this is always really fun to do. And uh, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, Midnight 27 Studios is actually uh, a studio that I founded um, a couple of years ago. Uh, was in a really crappy job and that I hated and decided, hey, I want to become an illustrator full time because that's everyone's dream. And uh, I took the big leap and uh, three years now running, it's been going strong. So Basically, what we do, or what I do, is uh, illustration and graphic design. Um, I went in fully intending to be a graphic designer because I thought that that's what um, people were going to uh, want from me. When re- reality, they wanted my illustrations. So um, that's been about, I'd say, ninety percent of what I've been doing the past wow. three years are covers, um, comic book in- interiors. Uh, my own personal titles and uh, a bunch of other um, illustrations for mag- inside magazines, um, uh, mentioning book covers, uh, little icons and, and imagery. So uh, it's it's really just a, an art studio um, that uh, people can really just contract me through. So That's awesome. yeah, there's a lot of titles that, that I've been sort of lucky to work on um but it all started with with my own personal one which is prowl um i'm actually going to be working on a subsite for it because i know there's not one on there at the time but i do have a facebook page that people can kind of go check out what prowl is about so um we could talk about that here just a little bit yeah um, i was actually going to ask about prowl next uh yeah I'm very very intrigued by it I did see yeah. a post yesterday, and I do want to congratulate you on your uh, 500th sale of issue one of Prowl. Nice. Yeah, thank you. Congrats. Yeah, so um, as, a, as a self-publisher, you know, for anyone that's never done it themselves, um, we don't have the deep pockets like like Marvel, DC, Image, um, Dark Horse, all of them. Um, so everything basically comes out of our pockets or our sponsor's pockets, and that's kind of what I did when I first got started. I, I reached out to uh, some local comic shops and and some other um, direct salespeople to say, hey, this is what I'm working on. Would you like to get behind me? Basically, I did my own Kickstarter without Kickstarter, and it, it kind of worked out. I, a lot of people actually believed in the, the uh, story and believed in me, and, well, it's paid off. So just under uh, two years, I, I've sold my 500th copy yesterday, which was the first run of, of uh, issue one. So it's, it's in a handful of stores locally, and uh, basically that, that was just me selling them at um, Comic Cons throughout Ohio, Indiana, um, Kentucky, Tennessee, Pennsylvania, Michigan, um, Illinois. So, did a lot of groundwork to, to get there. So, really feeling the, the achievement. And I just put in an order today for a, a second printing of issue one. So, I have those oh, on nice. hand at other nice. shows. So, but uh, we are currently up to uh, issue six, and I'm working on issue seven, which will be the end of the volume for uh, this first arc, and I'm already working on Volume 2, Issue 8 on. So we have a lot of stories still to tell. That's got to yeah, be it's... an amazing uh, feeling. I mean, as, as a creator, you know, it's putting your art out into the world. <sighs> you know, just... Uh, it's an amazing feeling, but it is a nerve-wracking feeling because I'm basically throwing my heart out there for the world to 
to right. either accept or crush at many different shows. I get the chance to talk to a lot of young artists and young creators. And I tell them first and foremost, before even being creative, you have to have thick skin because oh, yeah. people will yeah, rip easily. you apart. You know, there's always something someone can do better or, you know, and they're, they're completely okay with telling you that they're better than you, or they know somebody better than you, or this is what you should have done different. You know, it's, a lot of negative critiques out there, but there's also a lot of positive critiques, and you have to be able to accept those. Ignore the negative ones, but accept the the positive ones. So we, uh, you know, it's it's terrifying to put put it out there, but you know what? It's it's been a, a really good ride so far, and and I'm excited to be able to keep it moving. That's really yeah. cool. I, I, it's just amazing. You know, 500 copies. You know, 500 copies of your book are in the hands of people who more than likely take good care of their comics you know they what i do. mean they that's, do that's awesome i'll never forget i posted a picture uh, you know i get my kids involved i have two one 11 year old and a uh, uh six-year-old and i get them involved with with this so we'll talk more about them later but i get them involved in like what i'm doing so i help they help me bag and board books i, I posted a, a video of them bagging and boarding and some of my fans were like "Ooh, they're they're really careful with it they know not to bend the corners or or anything so i'm teaching them from the ground level like this is how you take care of stuff this is how you take care of your your customers and your fan base um so it's these these people do take good care of their their stuff and they take good care of of me and my family with uh their support whether it's buying the books sharing the the story sharing my artwork commissioning for for artwork or just even just leaving a positive comment on my page, you know, the, all that stuff just is fuel in the, in the, my engine. So, right. Um, now, as far as what prowl is actually about, I mean, you don't need to tell us what issue one consists of, but like, if you uh, had to give us an overall, like a uh, quick synopsis. So I, I've, I've actually boiled it down to this, you know, the wolf in sheep's clothing is there to protect the herd in this story. Um, it's about a, a, a guy in his mid twenties. Um, his name's Alex. He's in a small town. He finds this this stone and it puts it on and it turns him into a werewolf. It's it's that simple. No moon, no you know curse or anything like that. You know, kind of rewriting the whole werewolf genre. So he decides, you know what? There's a lot of crap going on in my town that my grandfather was proud of and sort of helped build. So he wants to kind of take it back. So you know he's. He puts it on. He kind of becomes this werewolf vigilante in the shadows. Um, it's like, again, it's a small town, so there's not a lot of cameras, and he knows where everything is. So he knows how to stay in the in the shadows. Um, but what he doesn't realize is that stone actually was part of a deep, dark history that is, was meant to be buried and forgotten, and he's starting to unearth some stuff that he really shouldn't be. But, uh, you know, that's kind of where we're going with the story. So issue, one, issue uh, one through seven is kind of like his earlier um take on it and then um issue eight on is going to be a lot more delved into that dark history i really enjoy that angle on the werewolf that's yeah. that's really cool yeah. i've never yeah, seen it, anything like that before you know and, and the idea actually came to me when i was in the eighth grade that's when uh, roughly um van helsing and um underworld came out and i really liked their takes on the werewolf they looked vicious and, uh, you know, not to spoil anything, so spoiler alert, but Van Helsing, when I saw his good werewolf, I'm like, that it needs to happen more. You know, these these guys, you know, I wanted to, like, what if that could be, like, a hero? You know, you can't be a hero with the, just the full moon aspect of the, the werewolf lore. So 
I was like, well, what what could we do? Initially, the stone was going to be like a moonstone, and I'm like, nah, he's not a Pokemon, so we're going to get rid of that. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I kind of matured from eighth grade until you know my my late twenties, and uh, said, oh, this is this is a way better take on on the the plot. So that's what we ran with. That's awesome. Did you pull from any? historical like native american culture or anything for your inspiration or actually yeah i did um i i think i'm saying it right but it's called lupercalia and it was like a uh, a sacrificial um ceremony where they they did um a wild dog and a, they sacrificed a wild dog and goat to like cleanse the the world so yeah it's i played off of that just a little bit yeah do, a lot of research kind of went into to to this particular title because I want to make sure I got some stuff right, but a lot of it is coming from my imagination. Just makes for a much better story, I think. You know, when you know your research or it's rooted in reality. I mean, mm-hmm. look at DC and Marvel. You know, come right. on, what makes Marvel superior? Come on, right? Oh my God, that's awesome! I can't wait to check that out. That sounds really good. A take on the werewolf again, like I haven't, I've never heard of. That's awesome. Yeah, and yeah. you know, that was that was the whole the whole point of it. And you're also working on a, uh, it says a sci-fi uh, pirate comic. Is this right? Oh, so, all right. I, I'm going to, I got to pull up the uh, text from the actual author. Cause I want to get his quote, right. Cause uh, you know, this, it's such a unique story. Um, it's actually from a, a publisher called Echelon Graphic Novels. The author, his name's Ethan. And he, uh, he actually brought me onto this title because he wanted to redo the artwork in this book. And the book's actually called Screen Boy. S-C-R-E-E-N-B-O-Y. It's, I asked him, I said, hey, okay, in a couple words, you know, what would you describe Screen Boy as? So he said, let me uh, pull it up. He's really wordy. Okay, so he says, Screen Boy is a back to the future meets the Matrix. And Arthur has the heart of Marty and a soul of Neo. So that's kind of his little pitch for Screen Boy. But to dial deeper into what the story is, it's an organization that's there to sort of monitor movies, video games, um, books. So the stories that we know and love, they monitor them to make sure that they play out the way that they're supposed to. And if any, if anyone was able to get into those movies and kind of tweak things and try to steal stuff, um, we'll use the pirates. For example, everyone wants pirate treasure because there's a lot of gold. There's a lot of rubies. There's a lot of you know jewels that you can take back to the real world and sell. And if you take that from the movie, it's going to mess up their, the way that it plays out. So they are basically like police of the, uh, these stories. So they're able to go in and, and sort of take care of the criminals. Arthur is this little rambunctious kid who has this tech available to him. So he's actually able to go in. And if you're a little kid, you're going to go in. You're going to play around with these characters. So there's a scene where he jumps into a Looney Tune style story and he starts bickering with, with them and getting them to do the duck season, rabbit season skit. And he laughs and has fun with it all while you're not supposed to mess with the stuff in the stories because you never know it could react differently. Um, it's a really fun kid friendly story. Um, and there's so many different styles that I have to draw. And that's mainly why they picked me to, to do this because um, I have my own unique style of drawing. It's really dark, really gritty. And they wanted that as the reality side of the uh, the story. But again, they jump into all these different genres. So there's going to be anime. There's a H.P. Uh, uh, Lovecraft story. There's these pirates, which you guys have seen me tease here and there. 
and then there's you know the Looney Tunes style. So there's all sorts of different things that are uh, taking place within this. So a lot of moving parts, but it's all ties together, um, and I'm having a lot of fun doing it. That sounds really cool. So tech that allows you to jump in and out of fiction. Yeah, the, it's the tech. It's actually these goggles that they wear. So one of the things that I wanted to do was make these goggles very unique to the characters. And some are kind of recognizable. Like one of them looks like Cyclops' goggles from X-Men. But the cool thing about the lenses are they are um, red and blue, like police. So they have to wear these to go into these films to kind of maintain their their reality because if they lose their goggles they take the shape of whatever movie or story they're in so you have uh, arthur who loses his goggles early on and he turns into a rabbit and it's it's adorable and it's really fun to to see him just sort of enjoying his time as this rabbit and kind of um upset when he has to go back so um you i was know, gonna say i'd never leave i would just find a good movie go in and just stay Exactly. You know, that, and I think that's where Ethan actually said that this uh, story kind of came from was, you know, he there was a story he was reading and he was like, I didn't like the ending and I wish I could just go into this comic and change it. And that's kind of the whole idea. So I'm excited to see where the story goes. I've only read up to issue one. <laughs> so it's a four issue run and I've not seen anything past issue one. So I'm going to learn it just as fast as the, uh, the readers. And I kind of like that. Yeah, that is incredible. It sounds awesome. Yeah. I'm excited to see that myself. So do you uh, get out to many conventions uh, yourself, Adam? Oh, I go all over. So I think I've booked um, about 25 shows this year. Holy shnikes. And when I was talking That's to you last night. scaled down from the 35 I've done in the past. God. Yeah, you were actually just getting back last, from one last night, right? Actually, I've been, I did two over the weekend. That's insane, yeah. man. Yeah, I actually had one in Dayton, Ohio, um, at a place called Boonshoff Museum. Uh, naturally, like there's a whole bunch of stuff. They had mummies and all all sorts of cool artifacts and animals and stuff at this museum. That it was a Friday cool. Saturday event, and then I turned around and I drove up to uh, Akron, Canton, which is about three and a half hours from where I live. Um, did a show there and then drove home. So. Hence, I'm a little hoarse today from talking all weekend. But I've I totally that, enjoy it. I've made that drive from Columbus, and it fucking sucks. So I can't imagine where <laughs> you're coming from. Uh, Eden, yeah, you know, right on the border of Indiana and Ohio. Man, oh, man. Yeah. That's a drive. That's but a yeah, drive. You know, I try to get around to all sorts of different shows. Um, mainly, I, I stay fairly local this year, just in the Ohio side. Um, next year, I'm actually planning on branching out a little more. Um, I'm looking at a few places in Michigan, um, up in New York, down to Georgia, just to kind of branch out a little bit, bit more. But I'm still trying to plant that seed and, and spread wide uh, locally and then then try to branch up. That's awesome. I hope we uh, get to, well, if you're doing that many shows, we are going to cross paths yeah. at some point. <laughs> oh, so you guys are time. out of what, the Columbus area? Yes, right? we are. Yeah, so actually in November, I'll be in Columbus um, at the uh, Buckeye Comic Con. Harper Productions puts this show on over at the uh, Courtyard Marriott, I believe. It's a collector's type show where they only have like four or five artists out out in a hallway and it's a it's a nice oh, little so it's little like show. a like a like a comic like scavenge kind of a 
Basically, yeah. But, you know, my first time ever doing a, uh, a Buckeye like that, and I, I showed up and, like, we're set up in the hallway. I, I immediately, my stomach sank. I'm like, this is not going to be good. This is going to be a rough day. It turned out to be one of the best shows ever because the fans that actually come there are there looking and scouting, and they appreciate not only the stories and the, the golden and silver age, they appreciate the artwork itself. And they're looking for up-and-comers and, and um, original pieces to add their collection because, you know, basically if someone commissions a, a piece off of you of one of their favorite characters, they're taking a risk on on you thinking, okay, you're going to do something that this is actually going to be worth something down the road. Um, to me, that that's like one of the biggest forms of flattery. I, I When someone asks me to draw one of their favorite characters, I take it very serious because I'm like, right. well, you're investing in me you want something for a long for the long haul so um they uh they get that but yeah that's i'll be coming to your guys's way uh, in a couple months okay i'm gonna have to look into this buckeye comic-con i never even heard of it yeah we'll have to track it down man yeah that'd be fun yeah it'd be really that fun. place has a bunch of stuff usually going on a bunch of i think it's pretty regular that one actually oh yeah they do um i don't have a flyer next to me um they do uh three of those a year um, and I alternate. So this year I did two of them. Next year I'm only going to do one. Um, they have one coming up in July, and that one I'm actually not going to be at. But um, yeah, I'll be there in November. I try to we try to keep things fresh at the at that show because in a couple months I'm probably going to have the same stuff that I had previous. So right. there's a good chance in November I'm going to have a couple new things for people to look at. Were you alluding to that, the new stuff, uh, when you were talking about your oh. kids earlier? Oh, no. no I've, oh, okay. <laughs> I've got a lot of – I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming coming out, but uh, they always help out with stuff. Um, they actually attend shows with me quite regularly, some local local events. They're just kind of growing up in this, this world. Well, man, I cannot wait to cross paths with you and finally meet you. And for people at home, head over to Midnight27Studios.com. That's the number 27 in there, too. You don't have to spell that out. And, of course, uh, you do have a Facebook uh, page. Where else should people be going to find you? Any social media handles? Yeah, so, you know, on Facebook, it's uh, The Art of Adam Fields. Um, Really simple. You type that in, you find me, hit like. Um, I do a lot of stuff on on my Facebook page. I like to plug that the more active you are on that page, the chances are you're going to get a a top fan badge. At the end of the month, anyone who has a top fan badge, I randomly pick a name and I do a small commission for them for free. So, you know, that's kind of an incentive and a way for me to give back for you guys supporting me. Um, Instagram, it's AdamFields127. Twitter, AdamFields127. I'm trying to get a little more active on Twitter or on uh, Instagram. So I post probably about once or twice a week on there when I have something that I feel is worth sharing or um, teasing an upcoming project or show. So. Those are uh, the big ones besides my website. Okay. Well, we're going to be following you on there as well and uh, promoting the episode there. I followed you guys on Instagram too, so it shouldn't be hard. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, man. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. Adam, thanks so much again for being here, and we're going to push as many people your way as we can. I appreciate it. Thank you. And likewise. Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to cannedairpodcast.com where you can check out our special guests, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, check out some of the videos from our YouTube page, click on the merch button, and if you have any comments, complaints, or want to give us some kudos, or even be on the show and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. 
And again, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CannedAirPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you like what we're doing, want to show your support, once again, head over to Patreon.com forward slash CannedAirPod or just take the link on the website. And for $5 a month, you can get access to the Canned Air Patreon pod. And uh, yeah, we're getting ready to do another one tonight, all Spider-Man themed. I think this is going to be number 20. So 20 episodes plus an album on there for you folks for $5 a month. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. Come on. And if you're going to a Wizard World Con, again, use that uh, canned air in the promo box at checkout. Get yourself 10% off your tickets. And head over to whatifpod.com. Check out our other show, What If, where we uh, just uh, look at twists on reality. We look at, uh, what, like for instance, what if people could fly? Uh, what if Bigfoot had actually been found? What if we could control the weather? These kind of topics we talk about for about 45, 50 minutes. So I uh, strongly recommend checking that out, too. And am I forgetting anything, guys? Uh, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, give us some love. Uh, leave a like and let us know what we're doing right mm-hmm. what we're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a review helps so much yeah, there, too. The more does. we get there, the more exposure than Apple gives us in return. So. Correct. Exactly, exactly. So there it all is in a nice little package, and I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Randy Hardenbrook. I'm Adam Fields. Thanks for listening, everyone. Wait, come back. The ice could break. Whoops. Help. Quickly walk back to the edge. Stop. You'll break through the ice. Snow job. Grab this branch. You should have been listening to canned air. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Snow job, how'd you get your name? Um, G.I. Joe. I totally forgot that we usually start recording later at 8. So I've been sitting in here since 630. <laughs> like, like 7 rolled around. I'm like, where the fuck's he at? And then I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. I'm usually just getting there. <laughs> History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. 
Conflicted, a history podcast is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.